I put one of those little billboards in my room with like the little letters and put, don't be a pussy because okay. there's days that I just did not want to go. I was like, I don't have the energy that I realized I have the choice and the people I'm fighting for don't. And that would get me out the door to the gym. From Haymakers for Hope, this is not every fight ends at the bell. Haymakers for Hope exists to knock out cancer the only way we know how. Fighting for a cure through charity boxing. Thanks to generous supporters and more than 1,200 ass-kicking do-gooders, Haymakers has raised over $25 million for cancer research, care, awareness, and survivorship. But the March Towards a Cure continues long after the last bell of each event. I'm Julie Kelly. I'm Todd Buster Paris. We know firsthand because we are not just your hosts, we are also survivors. On this podcast, we will highlight the stories of fighters, survivors, organizations, and supporters. Not every fight ends at the bell. Round one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. And hi, Jenna. It's great to have you here. I'm so excited. (laughs) How did you learn about Haymakers for Hope? So the private equity firm that I worked for had a history of fighters. And um, one of my colleagues at the time, he was fighting. This is 2017. And I sat ringside with his mom for his fight. And she was gripping my hand the entire time. But it was such a phenomenal experience. And seeing just everyone's reactions and the amount of money he raised and just learning more about the cause, I immediately, I, I waited for the day that Bells was the signups. And I, that same day I was like, done, I'm in, I went in. So when you talk about your company has a history of fighters, what does that mean? Uh, New York, I believe started it or no Boston. I'm not even sure where it was. We've had a handful of people who fought for the the firm that she was working at. Like a good number of fighters have fought, competed either in Boston or more in New York city. That is really cool. All right. So you're at the event and you saw this. And so what, and you just decided, I want to try this. Oh, absolutely. I talked to him after and I'd been present for his journey when he signed up to when he got in to media day through all of it. And it was just the whole experience. I was just like, I need that. Like every, I saw the impact that he made and I wanted to do the same. So had you boxed before or done any sort of boxing? did a little bit in New York City when I lived there years ago, but nothing past like fun mitts just for the workout. Okay. So I I had never put headgear on. I'd never been punched in the face. (laughs) Okay. So never, never been punched in the face. And so you saw this event and thought, I'd like to get punched in the face. Yeah. There's something bad. I was like, let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) So how did you wind up at, because you trained out of Grealish boxing and how did you wind up there? I live in Dorchester and I had heard great things about my coach, as well as Martin Grealish. And it's a gritty, phenomenal gym. Like everything about it is exactly the experience that I wanted. Like no AC, just duct tape on everything. The full like gym, like experience that I wanted. I absolutely, I love that. I love gyms <laughs> that just this, everything is held together by duct tape and, yep. and prayers that it doesn't yep. fall apart. What was your favorite part of training? Oh gosh. Well, getting in better shape. <laughs> uh, sparring terrified me every single time, but it was just, I learned so much about myself every time I sparred and just walking to the gym every day. I knew I was going to learn something new and yeah, I don't know. It was just all of it. Just learning a whole new sport. I love that for my fighters that 
I find that what we do in the gym sort of translates into our lives. Like if for some people it's, they have a hard time being assertive at work and that it shows up in the ring. They have a hard time coming forward with punches. So when you say that you learned to like, what was some of the things you learned about yourself? Oh gosh, just, I mean, self-control too, just as far as in and out of the gym, just, I don't know there's, it's hard to explain. I can't really put a word like it's discipline, discipline. I learned so much about myself from stepping into the ring, going into that gym every day, but discipline. Yeah, absolutely. In and out of the gym for sure. And what do you find was the hardest part of training? Sometimes just getting there. I put a little, one of those little billboards in my room with like the little letters and put, don't be a pussy because okay. there's days that I just did not want to go. And I remembered why I was doing this. And I would read that every day I walked out. It's still in my bedroom. <laughs> I just kept it there because it's just, it's translated through since I fight. But yeah, there are days I just, I was like, I don't have the energy. I don't, but I realized I have the choice and the people I'm fighting for don't. And that would get me out the door to the gym. If you could tell someone, someone that's about to embark on their four month boxing journey, you could tell them one thing, what would that be? It's going to change your life. I mean, I just went through this with a fighter. Tom Shannon. I don't know if I can name drop or not, but Tom. Go for and it. I told him, I go, you look in the mirror today when the day he found out that he was chosen to fight. And I go, when you look in the mirror at the end of this, you're going to see a completely different person. Like you're going to evolve into a much greater human and just overall better person. And it's true. He did like the day that that happened, he looked and I was like, and after his fight. And I mean, I think he was the top fundraiser too. His, when they just fought, like, I think he was. Yeah. And he did incredible and he came out of it. And like that to me, that's exactly what happened to me. I just, it's going to change your life in every, the best possible way. Not Every Fight Ends at the Bell is presented by Haymakers for Hope. To donate, sponsor, attend an event, or better yet, to sign up to be one of our ass-kicking do-gooders, visit haymakersforhope.org. Round two. Let's talk a little bit about your connection to the cause. I liked how in your fighter profile, you talk about why you fight. And you just mentioned it a few moments ago about how, you know, um, you don't choose cancer. It chooses you. So I, I thought that was a powerful statement. I thought that was a great reason to fight. What else can you tell us about your connection to this cause? I fought for my grandfather. He literally worked up until the day before he died. Like he, I mean, and he even waited. I think I had cheerleading or something after school and I was the last one to make it to the hospital and he fought and he waited until the very end. And it's like, as soon as our family left and just seeing such a man that I looked up to and like a great person, just fighting so hard for his family and for himself. And I felt like I deserved, he deserved for me to get into the ring and fight for that too. The same reason he fought. I just lost my mom to cancer too last year, but oh, Jen, I'm sorry. That was way after the fact. It was pretty much my grandfather, just seeing a man that was so strong, just watch it just kind of you know. There's such a thing with grandfathers. I know for me, like I, I didn't know my father and my grandfather was, you know, a, obviously my pseudo father. He was, and it's a different generation. And I guess we're obviously, I'm a lot older than you are, but there's something about grandparents and just, especially grandfathers, they're men. There's a certain, I, I can't put my finger on it, yeah. but there's something so powerful and like, it just, commands respect, but they command it softly as well. My grandfather had cancer. The one thing I always laugh about is he had a full head of hair throughout chemo. And he always just kept that sort of 
coolness about him. It's hard to describe, but I, I, I can see it in you. Uh, just that respect and that love for your grandfather. Yeah. Your why is pretty powerful. And that that was the motivating factor, along with seeing it firsthand and seeing your your coworker, you taking, you know, your why and putting it into practice and signing up and then competing. So what I think is really important while we talk to Jenna and talk about Jenna in front of her, um, she is she's a Haymakers alumni. And you have to say it very broadly um, when talking about Jenna, because she is essentially a Haymakers alumna in a league of her own, I guess, is really the only way you can say it. What I mean by that is she competed in Bells of the Brawl in 2018. She then went on to run the virtual Boston Marathon with me in my neighborhood, running laps in 2020. She then went on to run the real Boston Marathon in 2021. She has jumped in the freezing cold ocean in 2021 and 2022. And then also we cannot forget in 2021, she took a fight on less than 24 hours to step in for an opponent who was not able to make it the following night to make sure that somebody else had the experience that she experienced. So it is pretty incredible. And like I said, a league of her own. Now of all the crazy things, Jenna, that you've done, and I love that you just shared with us that you have a sign that says, don't be a pussy. And yet your, <laughs> your Haymaker's resume is extensive. Of all those things that you've done, I don't know what you're going to do next. We're going to have to come up with something new for you. Oh, um, your two event nights of, you know, the sucker punch plunges, the polar plunges and the marathons. Like, what are you most proud of? Probably the fight I took on 24 hours notice only because I had gone through that whole experience, all the ups and downs and just the crazy emotions of like going to the gym and getting in the ring and just that six minutes of like craziness. And I hadn't thrown a punch or really done anything for a year before that. And then I didn't even get the email from you. And you, I was on a work call and I finally looked down at my phone. I have all these text messages from Julie and I call her. I'm like, what's up? And it's what, like six o'clock at night or something. The it was night, like 7.30. Yeah, yeah. I'm half a bottle of wine deep. And Julie's like, I need you to fight tomorrow. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Well, <laughs> she was like, you didn't see these emails. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I hadn't heard anything about it. Or I, I had no idea that they were down a fighter. And I was like, all right, let me call a couple of people. I call my dad and he's like, we both know you're going to do it. I don't know why you're calling me. I called my ex-husband. He's like, we both know you're going to do it. I don't know why you're calling me. I called a couple like ex coaches, both of which were like, Jenna, you have not thrown a punch. This might not be the best decision. I was like, yeah, well, whatever you guys No, nah, I'm doing it anyway. And then finally I just started at a new private equity firm and the CEO is fairly big into charity. We had our holiday party the day after the fight. So I called him as like the grandfather, honestly, inspiration and was like, do you think I should do this? A, is it going to be a bad look if I show up to the holiday party with my nose sideways and black eye? I don't know what I'm going to look like. Always a risk. Always. And he pretty much told me that the universe chose me to do this and that he's proud of me and that I should absolutely go for it. And I hung up the phone and I called Julie back and said I was going to do it. Dusted off my headgear. I, Julie, I had to borrow Julie's shoes. I didn't have boxing shoes anymore. I didn't have anything. <laughs> Those were just, they were a pair of double A's that were too small for me that have been in my attic for 14 years and no one's ever worn them. And I 
I mean, I don't even think double A boxing makes those boots anymore. And I said, Jenna, you're getting in there and you're going to look good. So you're wearing these. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a coach. Julie and uh, Paul were in my corner. Cause I was like, I don't have anyone, but I'm doing it. Cause I needed that girl to experience. That's absolutely insane. Yep. <laughs> absolutely insane. I remember that fight. And I remember Julie being in your corner and all of us mm-hmm. were like, Oh my God, Julie's in the corner. Like, Oh my God, I'm going to need a copy of your don't be a pussy sign because <laughs> I, apparently I'm it's, a pussy yeah. and I really need that. <laughs> I mean, it gets me through every day. I, yeah. I see it every morning when I wake up. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> Unbelievable. What was the most fun you've ever had with in an event? Because I mean, the polar plunge is pretty fun, but that's quick. We're in and out. Honestly, probably running the virtual marathon with you. Like doing those laps, having your neighbor make sign for us. We, what, did four laps around your neighborhood? Four and and like a change? Yeah, how did that all work out? I'm dying to know. The virtual marathon was, we had signed up. The Haymakers team, all the runners had raised a bunch of money and it was 2020. So they had initially postponed the, the marathon from April to September. And then leading up to September, they just knew that they couldn't host it in person. So they made it virtual. And part of, a you know, I just was like, oh, this stinks. But people had donated, so I knew that I had to put the miles in and I had to do the actual event. But I stopped training in March. (laughs) And we promised each other that we wouldn't. No more training. It was myself, Jenna, and our dear friend, Joe O'Brien. And so we halted all training and we met at my house. And it's about almost a six and a half mile loop. And we just, I want to say ran it, but there was running, there was walking, there was laughing, there was chatting. And we just did almost four loops. And at the end, Jenna, you tell us. And it's my favorite part. The, the last point two of the marathon was walking up to Julie's fridge in her garage, grabbing a beer and walking back down to the end of the driveway. And that hit our 26.2 was drinking the beer <laughs> and walking it. That's probably the most fun I've had for, I mean, I had fun in all the events. I wouldn't have done them more than once if I didn't have fun, but that was probably the best. That absolutely sounds like a great time. It was fun. But yeah, I I think that your connection, I think to the mission is it's really grown and it's, it's gotten so much bigger. I mean, it's just like, you're also like a recruiter for Haymaker. She is always trying to pull people in. She'll have just met someone and she'll be like, up, size them up. I'm going to try and get him to sign up or her to sign up. Or, you know, she is, (laughs) she's a Haymaker's cheerleader all the way in the ring, out of the ring, in the ocean, out of the ocean, running, who knows? I'll text so. Julie and Andrew and be like, I think I got someone. Hold on, yeah. just hold, please. Let me, <laughs> let me find out more. <laughs> when this person has no idea what I'm doing, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, this could work. <laughs> so basically, you're, you're hitting random people on the street, you're sizing them up, and you're, you're uh, recruiting them to fight. 100% happened. Happened last week when I was at Loco at one of the bartenders. And I was oh, like, oh, hysterical. and I had something Haymakers on. He's like, I've heard of that. I was like, would you want to fight, though? Like, <laughs> and he's like, actually, I think my girlfriend would kill me. I'm like, but do you want to fight though? Like, <laughs> so there's, there's more work to be done there, but I'm on it. I'm all over it. <laughs> and I mean, I met incredible people through this, just for, like Meg, who I fought with when I took that 24 hour fight, I didn't know any of those girls. And I was in her, I was at her wedding last weekend. Oh, who also, wow. she married another fellow paymakers fighter. You're kidding. Shout out to Pat and Meg. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, and did they meet through Haymakers? No, they were engaged before. Okay, they were engaged before. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, I like the story better. Like that. You know, let's rechange it. They met at their fight and they fell in love. 
storyline. It's going to be a new movie. <laughs> it's a pretty classic formula that Haymakers has had. I think we have actually had a lot of couples compete. And I think of it's well over 10 couples. And I think there's only one instance where the um, male or the husband fought first every other time. The woman fought first and then the men said, oh, geez, well, now I got to go. And Meg's Meg and Pat are one of them. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty cool. So backing up just for a second, Jenna, you fought with 24 hours notice. So, Julie, how did that happen? How do you get 24 hours notice to fight? Well, sometimes injuries happen or extenuating circumstances happen and a participant isn't, you know, longer able to step in the ring. Definitely 24 hours was the the shortest time. But for me, my number one dedication is to the boxers that have poured their heart and soul into training over the last four months. And they've done all this fundraising and it's, you know, that's, that's my number one goal is to try and save bouts if I can. And really cast like a, a wide, wide net to see if there's anybody really brave enough to do it. And well, then, you know, stage right. Here comes, here comes Jenny Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I had heard the obstacles that Amy had just, um, the, my opponent had gone through just leading up. Like she had COVID a couple of times and she had, and she made it to the night before her fight. This was during the big like a surge of the pandemic. This was yeah. during, yeah. It, was, it was, wasn't in 2020, but it was like. It was December, 2021. Okay. So the things were uh, historically, things were really getting hot and heavy again. And people were kind of, for lack of a better word, dropping like flies all over the place in terms of being out of work and not being able to train and those types of things. And she, I think she had it a couple of times. So she was in and out of training and I just, from what Julia told me, like she had put her heart and soul into it, like I had. And I can't imagine going through the training that I had and then finding out the night before, hey, you can't fight. Like I would have been devastated. And just the positive impact that night alone had on my life, I felt like I owed it to her to have that same experience. Like it, I had to. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about, honestly, it was about her and the money she raised and for the cause itself. And I knew going in, I, I mean, there was like the tiniest, like I could maybe win this tonight. And then I was like, what, who are we kidding? Like, I'm not going to win. That's not what this is about. It's, I didn't care. I mean, it got stopped in the first round and Julie just before was like, just protect your face, protect your face. And I remember just thinking that in the whole time. I said, just throw just like, a jab and keep your hands up. Yep. I kept my hands up and then they stopped it. And like, it's exactly how it should have gone. Like she got her time in the ring and now she went on to win golden gloves. She's doing great. And I'm so proud of her. And I'm so proud of I was part of her journey and that I could give that to her and that a couple of punches to the face was totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, who we're talking about, Amy, she is, she's a fantastic fighter. She really has gone such a long way since Haymakers as well. She's an absolute beast. And I think that speaks volumes to um, Jenna's character and also the sisterhood of boxing, you know, to be able to support somebody else in their boxing journey and to have have given them the opportunity is pretty cool. So I'm proud of you. Aww. I think it's pretty awesome. I just knowing what she, anyone for that matter that, you know, had gone through four months of that day in and day out, like living, breathing, like bleeding this boxing and learning everything that you can about it, knowing like you're going to step into the ring and you're doing it for such an amazing cause to have that stripped from you when no fault of your own, just, I couldn't. So, yeah, I ended up finishing that bottle of wine. So I was a tad bit hung over the next day, too. And I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm going in. 
And I just met all the girls. I walked in because it was still at House of Blues and was just like, hi, don't know anyone, but <laughs> first fight, let's go. Not Every Fight Ends at the Bell is presented by Haymakers for Hope. Did you know there's more to Haymakers than just boxing? We also have opportunities for you to lace up your sneakers and run a marathon with Team Haymakers. Or grab your clubs and play in one of our golf tournaments. Visit haymakersforhope.org for more. Round three. You did two fights for Haymakers. You've done two marathons. You've done the polar plunge. It's an odd question to ask. I don't want to say why, but why? Why not? I, I mean, it's something that I've just become so close to and the community of people that I've met and just ha- everyone is so passionate about knocking out cancer and that's, we're all in it together and to be part of such a small pool and, you know, even like going to the bar and telling that bartender, like more about the cause and trying to recruit, like, it's just, I don't know. It means so much to me. And I know it means so much to everyone that's been there and done that and will continue to fight for this cause. And I don't know. It's just, it hits home. And yeah, if I can have any little part of history in raising money or awareness or anything to not actually knocking out cancer, I'm here for it all day, every day. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about that, about your connection to Haymakers and how life after the bell, how that has changed for you. I mean, I think I'm a different person. Like the whole looking myself in the mirror now, I'm not... I don't want to say it was timid or weak or any, it's just mentally, I'm so much stronger. I'm just a different, it's my outlook on life is different. It's just, I feel like it's just a more positive, just everything. Not to put you on the spot, but I'll I'll put you on the spot. (laughs) So, So you look at your life differently in what way? Just knowing that I took that leap to get punched in the face to get into a ring and just get the crap beat out of me some days and go home and know that I'm doing this for the bigger picture. The cause itself just was such an empowering, like a feeling. And I don't know, it just changed who I was and just knowing that one person can go out there and, and I, every fighter, like just the money you raise. Yes. But that you're showing it to like, I mean, I've run people run marathons for charity, but actually, which is a lot on your body. But knowing you're going to a gym to not just, you know, take a class, but to actually fight for a cause, it just, it changes your complete outlook on life and doing something that's not for you, but for the bigger picture. We've touched upon Jenna's event involvement, ranging from boxing matches to uh, sucker punch plunges to the marathon, but remiss if we didn't also talk about her support in volunteer sense. Talk to us a little bit about staying connected with the organization and your community and the friendships that you've created through volunteering. I mean, some of the girls from the first year that I fought to the the other fight, I'm they're some of my best friends in the entire world now. I mean, we as a girl group, I'm, there were eight or nine of us, I think, that ended up flying down to Philly or driving down. Half of us flew, half of us drove to volunteer for the first Philly event, which was super awesome. We all went out before, went out after, stayed and got hotel rooms next to each other. And we're all just from the same 2021 fight. And we've become, I mean, our group text is probably one of the most amazing things on the planet. (laughs) None of which I can share on here, but yeah, no, they're, they're amazing people running it, fighting, volunteering, and 
yeah, we just all have the same mindset. Like we're all here for it. And we're going to, I mean, we literally all went to dinner for a random like alumni dinner. And we're like, all just after a couple of glasses of wine, we're like, we should fly to Philly to volunteer. And every, the whole table was like, yeah, let's do it. So we all, half of us booked our flights at the table that night at dinner. And then we're just texting Julie and Andrew, like, you guys watch out, we're coming. We're like the more the merrier, come <laughs> yeah. on down. Yeah. So, and I mean, we've volunteered for at House of Blues, which normally I'm just, you know, I'm Julie's assistant, if you will. I'm very demanding on event night. Yes. I just run away. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. Like, I'm here if you need me. Yeah. I just do my laps. My first one at MGM, because I missed the last one, but this past one that I volunteered at, the last most recent one, was my first fight at MGM, which is a lot different than House of Blues, but bigger that venue is. It's, yeah, it's unreal. It's an unreal experience for anyone. If you don't even want to fight, you should at least attend an event because it's just watching literally everyday people get into the ring and punch each other is incredible to watch. <laughs> Always the salesperson. Yeah. Well, I personally just <laughs> want to thank you for every single thing that you've ever done. You've ever done for us, whether it's fundraising, stepping in the ring with less than 24 hours, being willing to accompany me on 26 miles. It's great to have people part of the community and Haymakers, the organization that extends just broadly and to just that's part of what keeps us going like I feel very lucky to do what I do because you know obviously the impact of all the fundraising that we do is very profound and it can have a direct impact on someone's actual life but then also to introduce the sport of boxing to people and have people realize you know what they're capable of and change their lives and then meet other like-minded people and forge these sort of unbreakable bonds of friendship is pretty cool. And, you know, you know, Jenna's a very good friend of mine. And if it weren't for Haymakers and kind of having that, I don't think I would, I don't know that I would, would have ever met her. So we're lucky to have her. So someone right now that's listening to this, they're thinking of, gee, God, may, maybe this is something I could do. I don't know if I could do it. Maybe. Why should someone sign up to participate? Don't be a pussy. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no that's really... <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're on the fence, just do it. Just do it. The more you try to find the pros and cons, like there aren't any cons. There are zero cons. Like the amount of pros are just, I mean, it'll change your life in the best possible way. That's, uh, I mean, just do it. Just sign up. And if you don't get in the first time, sign up again. It's don't get worried about the punching part, any of that. Like it's as soon as you're in and you're raising money and you're actually like part of the cause and you're going through the motions, like the getting punched part, it just, I don't know, it makes you want to wake up the next day and fight harder, like knowing that you're doing it for such an amazing charity. And all of Haymakers, everyone that works there, are like they're the most supportive. Like if you have anything, uh, questions or, if you know, doubts, like they're there to pump you up and remind you of why you signed up in the first place. So yeah, don't be a pussy. <laughs> Just say that. <laughs> if we're able to title episodes, the <laughs> title of this episode has to be Don't Be a Pussy. With Jenna yeah. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say though, when Julie called me to do this, I thought she was calling me for another fight. And like there was a sigh of relief, and I was like, okay. I mean, I would have done it, but <laughs> podcast is easier. <laughs> Jenna. 
this has been great. Thank you very much, as usual, for showing up for Haymakers. And thanks for joining us today and doing the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We're grateful for your support. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow the podcast and tell a friend. To donate, sponsor, attend an event, or better yet, sign up to fight to KO cancer, visit haymakersforhope.org. Not Every Fight Ends at the Bell is presented and produced by Haymakers for Hope in partnership with StudioPod Media. Our producers are former fighters Jordan McMillan and Julian Lewis. I'm Julie Kelly. And I'm Todd Buster Paris. You've been listening to Not Every Fight Ends at the Bell. 